0: Left, right. Welcome to the final episode in season three. This is episode 200, and tonight we are talking about World War Three and what it could look like. First, we talk about a few current events. So it's uh, mid October 2022, and we are talking about what's going on in the current political climate, and then we get into World War Three. So good luck, enjoy. See you on the other end. This is sip talk. Grab a drink and enjoy. Cheers. 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 much delay. We're back. <laughs> this is episode 200 of SIP Talk. My name is Justin DiGiulio out of my basement in New Jersey, joined by James, the Bosnieter Boswell philosopher, professional bartender, retired professional referee, and most exciting of all, accountant. James, how's it hanging down there in sunny, nighttimey? South Carolina
1: Yeah, it hasn't been sunny for like two and a half hours, but
0: yeah, my bad, you know, sunny South Carolina sounds better than South Carolina in my mind. Yeah. Uh, but we finally made it online. We had a lot of technical difficulties. I've already started drinking. I got to ask you, what are you drinking down there?
1: Milwaukee's best ice.
0: Uh, I got I got Tito's on the rocks. So we are some classy guys, man. We are. It's, a, it's gonna be a classy night. while tonight we discuss what world war three could look like and I think it's only fair we talk a little bit about some current events before we dive into world war three agreed
1: yeah I want to talk like we'll get to uh, I think I want to talk about a few things that are unrelated to the Ukraine Russia thing and then briefly talk about Ukraine Russia and then that will very naturally lead us to world war three
0: yeah and I feel like we're and that's that's why I think it's fair to talk about world war three kind of looming because it feels like some of this stuff is impending. We talked a few episodes ago about what a nuclear attack could look like. And that's because out of the blue, um, New York City on their YouTube page released a what to do in case of nuclear attack video with no context. And then most people were just like, oh, what the fuck Are, are we under New York? Are we under nuclear threat in New York City? And uh, the mayor's like, no, 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 we just, you know, we thought it would be a good idea to either way. It that was pretty scary. I actually, I felt a little, little weird about going back into the office, uh, which my office is in Manhattan for those of you who don't know. And, uh, you know, if I was a foreign country and I wanted to fuck up the United States, that would be kind of on my top 10 list. So a little scary. Yeah, uh, you know what, though?
1: Like if, if New York City is going to get nuked, chances are they're going to go for Manhattan. And I would much rather be in Manhattan than, like, (laughs) 10 miles out from Manhattan.
0: Well, luckily, I live much more distance uh, from Manhattan, so I would be safe in the house. um, And I would be as far as safe is concerned in midtown Manhattan, because you either want to be really far away from a nuclear strike or right as as close as possible, because then you don't have to just deal with anything. Yeah, yeah, yeah.
1: (laughs) Like It's just... A, a quick flash of light and then well who knows but you're not gonna have to worry about it.
0: <laughs> well it, you're gonna be incinerated about as, as fast as the speed of light so let's uh let's talk about current events you've got a few things on i got the a few things to
1: talk about this one like has been making less and less sense
0: which which one I is this
1: Herschel walker's candidacy in in georgia so have we talked at all about the news story that came out like, um, I don't know, two weeks ago? How, so first of all, for context, he's come out as being so, against abortion.
0: Let's back up. Let, for the person who doesn't know who Herschel Walker is, you oh, want okay. to give, I mean, just well, fair yeah, enough. Right, I guess right. I
1: should give a little more background. He's a famous football player. He played for the University of Georgia and had a really good career there, and then went on to play in the NFL and had a good career in the NFL in the so 80s and 90s. Yeah, his accolades as a football player aren't really debatable. He was a good player. Um, and so now he's running for the Senate in Georgia. And he, even before this newsroom, like two weeks ago, he's been lying about all sorts of things.
0: No, well, he's a politician. He is a politician.
1: Yeah, but he's been lying in <laughs> at a rate and at a magnitude far beyond politician standards. But... He, the there's a couple news stories that all kind of come together to form this, which is one. It's come out that he has like a whole bunch of kids with like different mothers that he has not
0: spent time raising or really so like a, a real, to know. A real family man. He likes right. to create create families. All right, I, I yeah, like but, him already. Um, so he's he's fathered many children his, with multiple one women. One of
1: his positions as a politician is that there should be no there should be no abortions in this country there should be a national ban and there should not be any exceptions period not like rape or incest or life of, or danger to the life of the mother or anything else just the answer is no you cannot get an abortion that's but, his stance
0: so that so that's his current stance but he has a history of abortion or abortions is this accurate
1: the the story that came out was a woman saying that in 2009 he got her pregnant and paid for her her abortion. And she provided the receipt from the abortion clinic, a and like a signed get well card from him and I believe a check from him for like 700 bucks.
0: Just uh, all right, let me just tell dude something. If, if if you're with somebody and they have an abortion, a get well a get well soon card, you know, maybe not the smoothest way to deal with that. No, but it,
1: it's not really a good way to deal with it regardless. However,
0: we, we um, haven't done a true think, abortion. So, uh, my,
1: my issue is not that he paid for a woman's abortion. My issue is that he has a stance. Oh, wait, of, no, but
0: it wasn't. Wait, I missed it. Was it not his? Was it he not a child that he fathered?
1: No, it was absolutely his kid. Oh,
0: okay, all right.
1: Because she later came out and said, not only did he pay for one of my abortions, but like, I had a child with him subsequent to the abortion. So yeah, it was his hmm. kid.
0: Okay, but so now he's he's so there's a bit of hypocrisy in that. But uh, what where what, I want to well, respond to what you got to say because I don't know well, the guy.
1: First of all, like. I don't have an issue that he paid for a woman's abortion, whatever. Okay. Like, who cares about that? Well, I what think, I have an you know, issue it's... with okay, is him saying nobody should be able to have abortions when he himself has paid for someone to have an abortion. That's that's where the issue is.
0: And okay, and so, do you have anything else?
1: I got one more. I got two more things. One, this is three more things. One, so Newt Gingrich comes on and and offers the following defense saying well herschel walker played as a running back for many years he probably had a lot of concussions we can't necessarily expect him to remember all of these things and i just thought well that may be true
0: this is someone you want making political decisions
1: (laughs) right now what you're saying is our candidate has potentially traumatic brain injuries (laughs) where he can't perform basic functions or form simple memories this is our, our ideal candidate
0: um What else you got on this guy? What else? Last thing.
1: Um, Hypocrisy. So, okay. And and real quick. So my girlfriend said, well, wouldn't it be just as hypocritical for someone who was against abortion to later on in life say, well, now I'm pro-choice. And my answer was no, because in one case you were taking advantage of an opportunity given to you. And now you're taking that opportunity away from somebody else as opposed to you were taking opportunities away from people and now you are trying to give those, pe- those same people opportunities. So in one case, you're giving, in the other case, you're taking away. And so in the case of taking away, that's a deeper form of hypocrisy.
0: Well, and I think that's kind of actually mirrors the core argument that we're running into with abortion right now is it's not anti-abortion versus pro-abortion. It's anti-abortion versus pro- choice so someone may choose to have an abortion or choose not to have an abortion but it's it's having that choice so i see what what, where you're going um my my issue with i i with the word hypocrisy is we have a multi-decade difference in time so if i said hey you you know smoking is really bad and everybody who smokes is is retarded and then i go smoke a cigarette that's that's one thing but if i smoke cigarettes 10 years ago and and now i say you shouldn't smoke it's bad for you that's that's not exactly hypocrisy so i don't buy the hypocrisy vote but i do hear me if you were to
1: say smoking should be illegal and nobody should be allowed to do it versus i would encourage you not to do it
0: i i don't not i i don't think so even if you smoked 10 years ago your opinion on something can change what i will say is that he was afforded the you know the luxury to be able to make that choice in the the past um but also as a man this is how i feel about abortion it's never really our choice nope so and, and and him paying for it and i don't i don't care much for the guy he does not sound like a good political candidate as far as i'm concerned just you know from what i know about him uh, you know, might as well be Ric Flair running, you know, running for president or running for governor or somewhere. Doesn't doesn't make you know doesn't sound any good. But you know, he he could have paid for her abortion because that's what she was going to do, irregardless And you know, maybe she would have went into debt to do so. Who who knows? But but I wouldn't call it a hypocrisy just because of the time difference. And and but you know, again, when it comes down to abortion, whether whether you feel morally deep down to your core that abortion is wrong you can recognize that somebody else doesn't share that opinion with you and in recognizing that you realize that you can't govern over them right and mm-hmm. that, that that's that's just not fair at all um you want to move on from herschel walker yes all right what do you got next
1: um parkland shooter the Got life in prison today. This is, this is,
0: let's, because one, I don't, I don't remember anything, but two, not everybody is on top of current events like we are. So Parkland Shooter was a high school shooting in Florida. I think it was Miami. Outside of Miami, yeah. Outside of Miami um, in 2018, in which 17 died. Anything, anything important I'm missing?
1: Rush, there's nothing I can do about my mic. I, I, like it's Just I'm move it a little closer. As
0: as it move a little closer to your mouth. All right. Um, all right so, wh- anything else I'm missing on the Parkland shooter?
1: That's uh, there's lots more to say about it, but uh-huh. like you summed it up for for our purposes, you summed it up.
0: Now, let Instead me of- ask you. So, so he gets. So he's getting life in prison and not the death penalty. Correct. All right. What are your thoughts on that?
1: I'm okay with it.
0: And why is right. because I'm against because the you're death against the death penalty in all
1: cases. And here, like, I think about it in terms of he's going to have to spend every day for the rest of his life, not being able to do anything fun, and having to think about the decision that he made that day. And I think that living with regret for forty, fifty, sixty years not being able to accomplish anything is worse than being put to death in five or 10 years.
0: No, unless he, unless he ends up developing some fans or who the fuck knows what fanatics might be out there.
1: It doesn't matter.
0: Um, Did you, there's a new movie about, I think like the Columbine high school shooting. Have you, have you heard of this? No. I caught a little, like maybe 20 minutes of it on Netflix uh, the other night. I didn't watch it, Uh, but it was an interesting movie about a girl that I don't even know if it was Probably based on, on true events. So, do you know what their kind of core defense was? I think, uh, on the on the defense side,
1: fetal alcohol syndrome.
0: Fetal alcohol syndrome. So his attorney argued that because his mother was a heavy drinker while pregnant with him, uh, supposedly he was born with fetal alcohol syndrome. Which I mean, he's kind of a funny looking dude. So, you know, that's what fetal alcohol syndrome can do. It can impair brain function, and it can kind of give you some more pronounced from my from what I understand, some more pronounced facial features and kind of bigger ears. Um, Yeah, I think
1: it's like, like, like a bigger nose, bigger ears and like something with the lip.
0: Yeah. uh, But his his attorney said, you know, because he was born with fetal alcohol syndrome, uh, you know, he's lived a bad life and this caused him to shoot the school. But I was thinking like how many other people were born and have you know, are born with fetal alcohol syndrome that shoot up kids in school.
1: So you got to remember the, the job that his criminal defense attorneys have. <laughs>
0: well, yeah.
1: It, it's like, what defense do they really have?
0: Yeah, I and, mean, you, you just, you got to go with what you can. What you can right, you
1: know. and so their job is to try and represent the interests of their client as best as possible. And when you're a criminal defense attorney and you have a client that you and everybody else on the planet knows is guilty you are still duty bound as an attorney to provide as good a defense for them as possible and that the best defense possible might be trying to get a more lenient sentence which in this case is life in prison instead of the death penalty Instead of death penalty. yeah like, a lot of people I, I saw some posts about people hating on the on, on the defense attorneys and i was just like that that's wrong like someone has to be his attorney and like as a defense attorney that's what you sign up to do is sometimes you're going to represent clients that aren't the best
0: and you got to put together the best defense and and that was a shitty defense you put together well Uh, that's the
1: best they had and uh, honestly it worked it got him life in prison instead of a death sentence um
0: which I think you and I may feel similarly about just, you know, in in many cases life in prison can be worse than the death well, penalty.
1: The other reason why I'm opposed to the death penalty is like if you give someone life in prison, you always have an out. If you made a mistake somewhere along the line, there's always something like you you can correct for it in some way, like starting by releasing them from prison and probably paying them for the wrongful conviction and everything. If you get it wrong with someone who was sentenced to death and they're executed and then a couple of years later you find out oh we were wrong about this there's there's no recourse yeah no I've, okay. I've,
0: yeah i i agree and that would be you know kind of the... in,
1: in this case it's clear that the guy was guilty like the guy who did it and he was guilty so this one's a little bit harder of a case to, like, hold up and say, like, the death penalty shouldn't exist because of this guy. No, not.
0: No. Yeah, <laughs> I, I, but... I, I feel you. Let's let's move on. What do you, what do you get next? I, I want to get into this World War Three, uh, you know, whether we have the content or not. OK,
1: so, so moving on, um, I just saw an article in where. Oh. A, a regiment of conscripted troops, Russian troops shot their commander. And then immediately surrendered to the Ukraine forces.
0: Oh, interesting! Interesting. <laughs> I, I did not hear about that at all. So what's the context? What's the context? Well, of, and where are you going with this? Because this isn't even, James. This is this isn't notes. This is breaking news to me.
1: So, I mean, in this, this is in context of the Russia Ukraine war, and which we're going to use to bring ourselves to what war war World War Three will look like. Um, but yeah, so I don't know, maybe two weeks ago, two or three weeks ago, Putin started the draft in Russia and conscripted conscripted like 300,000 people.
0: Yeah, fuck that. that and is,
1: that is this is really not scary. really a popular war among people in Russia, especially the people that are likely to be drafted. Yeah. So it's a sign that the war is going really poorly for Russia. And there's been reports that like some of these conscripts have been getting like one rifle per two soldiers so like soldiers are having to like
0: in rush from up. russia yes oh man that, like, that's <laughs> that that isn't that is not good um and so, so, so
1: to ukraine's credit one of the things they've done is they have set up a surrender hotline so there's a phone number or a website that you can go to and say i want to surrender to the ukraine army so if you're a russian soldier like you have a way that you can call and basically negotiate for a surrender and, assume and it, well, it, that you're going to be treated fairly. And like you, like you can find a way of saying like, Hey, I'll go over there and you guys don't shoot me and I won't shoot at
0: you. You've got to find some like underground railroad kind of way out of, of the, of your regiment, unless your whole regiment is surrendering. So can we, can we get into this world war three? So paragraph eight of our our spreadsheet here because i want to i want to get there i want to get into what world war three could look like you know obviously the current events we have going on that you know that news will be will be dust in a a week but world war three i feel like could potentially be happening in a week Uh, but if not
1: everything dust in a week after that
0: exactly but if not it it still feels as if tensions are building so what I wanted to talk about in this episode with world war three is what it could look like, why it's potentially imminent. And, and, you know, and what can we do about that? But, but more specifically, like what could cause it? Um, and my first line of notes here is what would it look like? Would it be, would it be nuclear bombs going off here and us retaliating with nuclear bombs? I don't think so. I, I don't think so either, but I think there's a really good chance that nuclear bombs would be, would be, you know, sent from Russia as, well, let me ask you this. So if, if what, what Putin has said was if the West gets involved in Ukraine any more than we currently are, and he said this, I think today, that, uh, that he, he will basically start World War Three, nuclear warfare.
1: So he's been saying things along those lines since effectively the beginning of this. And he's been complaining about the West support for Russia and like the West's intervention and whatnot, again, since the beginning. And I think that that's just, it's it's weird to say entitled, but it's, it's this entitled perspective that we can invade a country and expect nobody to stand up for them.
0: Yes. Yeah. I, 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 I'll buy that entitlement and it's, it's entitlement by, you know, if you're, if you're in the fifth grade and you're five foot eight, which is, which is, you know, not tall by adult standards, but it's tall by fifth grade standards. Yep. You can be a bully.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Um, is there what would you call that entitlement? If you are the bully, because I, think uh, I be, don't it, think it would be entitlement. I think it would
1: be if the if the bully is picking on somebody, and all of a sudden, like the kid that's being picked on, stands up for himself and takes a swing, and then two or three other people see the opportunity to beat up the bully because they themselves have been bullied as well and now the bully finds that he's fighting like he might have been able to win the fight one-on-one but he's going to have a really hard time fighting off three or four others well that's and, like and what the bully getting happened. mad that the others jumped in to help the one kid that he was picking on like no that's not how it works you were the bully and you're now suffering consequences
0: well that's i think that's i don't but again i don't see the entitlement there but i do see that i think
1: that nobody's going to step to someone else's defense
0: okay yeah fair enough but but i you know okay i'll give you that but but i do think that is a really good parallel of exactly what's happening right now with russia thinking they can do what they want just because they're big and this is a small nearby country that just doesn't have the manpower or the technology and they have a lot of lunch money, right? Because they have a lot of a lot of minerals and you know a lot of uh, just raw raw goods that um, that Russia wants. Um, but so look, so if if we go to aid Ukraine in their defense, and then he's in in response to that, he hits the U.S. or one of our allies or some of our infrastructure. Who knows what with a nuclear weapon? Who started it? Would it, be, would it be us? Because he kind of put that threat out there no. because it was their business. It was Ukraine and Russia. And then we were the one that kind of... He said, hey, if, don't mess with me. And then we decided we wanted to pick a fight between two strangers. Because no. because because Ukraine's not part of NATO.
1: Yeah, but they, they, they have wanted to be. And <laughs> recent events have made it very clear that they were justified. Um, no, it's still Russia because... Even because, again, it comes back to this entitlement thing of they were the ones who invaded and they told everybody, we don't want you interfering. And we can basically say, "Okay, yeah, you and what army? Oh, that Russian army that can't even supply its own front lines. Okay, cool. Yeah, we're going to continue helping Ukraine. What are you going to do about it?
0: Well and that's but I'm, I'm very curious where that escalates. Rosh just asked what I what I just drank. I don't know if you saw saw Did that but vodka. No, I just I, I had uh, I figured because I drink really fast. So I got this vodka over here. I, th- I thought I'd supplement with some of this zero alcohol uh, gin. I've drink it on the podcast before, but honestly, it's really bad. This is what like fake meat was in the 90s. <laughs> to, to meat, this is like fake gin to gin is just as bad and well, unfortunately drinking just,
1: straight gin isn't really a pleasant experience to begin with
0: i i like gin but i'm actually going to be adding no, i like gin, i'm going, going to be adding good. vodka to the to this face. When,
1: when i drink gin it's always mixed with something because gin adds a lot to a lot of different drinks but gin as a standalone spirit is not great well and i'm gonna say the same thing about vodka Vodka well, I'll tell as tell standalone spirit is terrible
0: i don't mind it but i i do mind really bad gin so i'm adding Vodka to my fake gin, so I'm hoping. No, it's more like real gin. <laughs> um Okay, so so uh, let's 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 back up a little bit. Let's. I want to talk about what a because I I think I heard there was a possible we had a, a pipeline explosion sometime last week or something like that. Did you hear about this news?
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. There was the Nord Stream pipeline which runs underneath the, like the Mediterranean or the Black Sea, and like it's still questionable as to who is the one who like bombed it because it was like it's been pretty much determined that it was explosions that caused the pipeline to rupture underwater so the question is who did it and i think the west is claiming russia did it and russia is claiming the west did it and i honestly don't know who well, would choose to do it. You
0: know, i mean that's the thing is i feel like you know russia is is they could have done more damage if they wanted to, to do damage and then they would have raised their hand. This wasn't that much damage, but, but, you know, maybe they're going to play this weird game where they just kind of poke us, you know, or tap you on the shoulder from behind you and then, and then move out of the way as you look over your shoulder type thing.
1: Well, they've kind uh, of been doing that for the last two decades.
0: I, 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 I feel like that as well. And that's, even when it comes to the elections, the 2016 election, Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, so so I have I kind of at,
1: like what they were doing in Georgia, where they were trying like what they would do is they had like th- there was the border line and like a border fence with Georgia, and so what they would do is every night they would just like pick up the border fence and move it a couple feet, and they would just do this every single night of just taking a little bit more land every single night and be like, you know, no, this is just where the border was. <laughs> <laughs> seriously you can look this up and they, it, it
0: doesn't surprise me it doesn't surprise, me, but that's just how fucking corrupt russia is well uh, and,
1: and, and just thinking like we can do these little things because we know that like people don't really want to start like a huge fight with us over like something small like this and you can look at what happened in crimea in 2014 or 2015 where they just took like a huge part of ukraine and much to the international community's detriment nobody really did anything about it
0: well and that's and that's how they get away with stuff so so let's let's talk about what uh world war three could look like because i've i've kind of broken it down into uh, five different things i think i think it it might look like um number
1: one more drones
0: oh well that's I would I would think more drones would be kind of still in the line of traditional warfare, right? Where you're exchanging fire, where you're sending machines, whether manned or not, with firepower, to to do damage. Manned
1: versus not manned is a big difference, though.
0: Well, okay, so we'll let that as six. So number one, uh, I, I should probably reorder them, but number one would be nuclear. Well, we can talk. We can we'll figure out which ones we want to talk about. I'm going to name them all. So, you got cyber warfare, which is like hacking and and things like that. You got chemical warfare. Um, and then you have nuclear warfare. Then you have there's a better word for this virus warfare, biological, Uh, biological warfare, and then and then outer space like fucking with satellites and, and things like that and then we can then we can add actual more traditional warfare which obviously back in the 1700s where you would have lines of soldiers you know kind of flanked just firing at each other and then you know a hundred years later you have kind of more tactical warfare and then you have world war one and world war two which obviously were different and now you have drones and and more you know, more machine
1: about like the way that war was done in like the 1700s, because like, like, the, the, like this is something that I've thought about from time to time, um, like the British army versus the American revolutionists, where, like the British army were wearing the bright red uniforms, that had the crossing white stripes with like basically an X right in the middle of their chest is the a target. But, aim here. Like, but the thing is that worked for them because for the longest time, like whatever country they were fighting did the same shit, and so I have to think that the, like if you're one of the soldiers that's gonna be on that front line, where you're gonna be like shooting first and also being shot at first, and you're like, yeah, wait, like we can see them already. Why don't we just shoot now? Hey guys, like there's probably a better way to do this, and like, mm-hmm. the, like the commander say, <laughs> like this, the, the chief strategist saying, you're paid to shoot, not to think. Like, <laughs>
0: But you're like first in line yeah, to Yeah, but you're shot. just thinking
1: like, this is a fucking stupid way to commit war, man. Like, well, that's
0: and that was the thing about going to war back in the day is it was a death sentence. And just think about the bullets that they were exchanging; they were like molded lead, right? Like, well,
1: and they were also ridiculously inaccurate. <laughs>
0: that's that 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 is true too. So you just continue to march towards each other, shooting at each other, until it just ends up in like a, effectively a knife fight.
1: Well, yeah, but it's just you just think if you're a soldier, you're like, why the fuck are we doing it this way? <laughs> like, what? <laughs>
0: I it, 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 I don't know. I'm sure it stems from tradition, which you and I we've talked about tradition. I think in the last episode or two, actually. So, um, but that's more traditional warfare, and that's when I when I say you start getting drones and stuff, you're still, you know, you could I would I would say if you if you bring cyber warfare and ai and drones together that that would be some serious 21st century type
1: well they're already working on all that kind of stuff but with with the drone the drones are a really big thing because one of the hardest things in battle is being able to get a good picture of what is going on in the battle in real time
0: without being there physically well
1: no i'm talking about while you're there physically even if you're like on the front lines and, like, there's a battle going on, knowing who is where and what they're doing and even, like, who you should be shooting at and who you shouldn't be shooting at is a lot more difficult than you would think.
0: Well, but also with drones, you, you can equip drones with night vision and infrared, uh, you know. And, you know uh... Well, so
1: drones serve two really big roles. The first is recon, where you can just have at the, at the field level a handheld drone that you can just throw up into the air and be able to fly around and see where people are. And that that type of information, to be able to get in real time, accurately, and instantly, was virtually impossible. So, that's a huge advantage. If you can even just know where the enemy, what cover the enemy well, I mean, is just think about in. that.
0: Like Like, you go back 70... 70- 80 years where there was trench style warfare people were hiding in trenches that just eliminates that as even a possibility right we know where all the trenches are we can see every we can see the full topo- topography of, of
1: well yeah the... the problem with that is even though you knew where the enemy where the enemy was like getting to the enemy was a problem
0: yeah well but you can equip now these drones with with weapons
1: So that's the second part so like drones do the recon but drones can also be weapons platforms in and of themselves and there's tons of videos of like the Ukrainians using drones. Of like various sizes from small drones to like drop grenades on Russian positions to big drones dropping bombs on tanks and like blowing up tanks and the nice thing about drones is that they're relatively inexpensive and they're completely expendable.
0: I mean, yeah, uh, I'll, I'll buy that. So can we talk about chemical warfare real quick? Because, you know, I, I, I actually I didn't think about this when I, we were preparing for this episode. But when it comes to chemical warfare, I just listened to a Radio Lab episode. I'm trying to find the name of the freaking episode, but I'm not having any luck right now. So the radio lab episode, was they created this kind of smart technology to invent new drugs and new chemicals effectively, because that's what drugs are, that would that would help. They, they kind of know what molecules do what when it comes to drugs. Okay. So they invented this thing to create new molecules and new chemicals, and, and kind of predict what it would do for the greater good to eliminate cancer and to eliminate different viruses and things like that and it was a really great technology and then just one night they were having this conversation in the lab and they're like what if we what if we kind of flipped the switch here and and asked it to invent chemicals that were deadly and they just they they you know thought about it for a little while they tweaked a little bit of code and then they hit the on switch and came back the next day. And there was something like 40,000 super deadly chemicals that were way deadlier than like anthrax or any of the stuff you hear the spies in Russia and anthrax is biological and, and China using. And they're, you know, they're talking about like, you know, one piece of this, the size of a grain of salt could kill you in seconds. So, uh, you know, I mean, to me, you know, the idea that this information could potentially be out there is actually really free. It's not
1: potentially out there.
0: Well, I'm I'm sure some of it is out there, but they actually, the U.S. government tried to buy this list from them and they decided not to sell it to the U.S. government. So that was an interesting aspect of that. Um,
1: I don't see chemical warfare as being a, a high likelihood with a world war three scenario
0: well well i mean look at coronavirus you know if you have a country like china which is you know at this point you know we we decided coronavirus isn't really that deadly but you know there are more deadly viruses and, and china is much more willing to shut down and much better at it than we are
1: so that's not and- chemical warfare though
0: now i'm now now i'm talking about uh virus or biological
1: right, but like let's stick on the chemical warfare because i don't see it as a high likelihood
0: me neither that's why i kind of that's sort of why i left it oh okay <laughs> yeah <laughs> so, i thought
1: you were like trying to make an argument as to why it would be likely but now you've moved on to biological warfare which i see as slightly more likely <clears throat> but ever so slightly i don't i don't really think because the problem is is if, if you introduce a biological agent if like let's say we wanted to create a new coronavirus and send it to China if we were at war with China, well, that would work in the short term, yes
0: <laughs> but g- getting back to us would be very easy. That's why I think it would be a place like China that would send it our way.
1: I don't th- I, I think that this it's a two-way risk. So if China were to try and do something like that to us, the exact same problem exists where they introduce it into our country sure we get the worst of it but it will spread and it'll spread around the world and it'll eventually get back to them it's like if you live in a house and you hate your roommate so you decide you're going to pour gasoline in their room and light their room on fire and you decide you're going to lock the front door so that way nobody can get out of the apartment well,
0: the apartment because, representing Earth. Right,
1: <laughs> if you. It's, a, it's a, going fire, to spread.
0: It's going but, to spread.
1: Right, your roommate's going to get the worst of it, but you're still stuck in a burning apartment
0: building. So, but, yeah, fair enough. And then you you know that Will Smith movie I Am Legend, where yeah, there's the, the 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 zombies or something. The book and, is better. Okay, fine, but 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 point being is that you have you know one person in that case. Who was immune to whatever virus there was, um, and that you know that being Will Smith, uh, you know, you, you, it, I think it would cripple the population down to, it would basically bring us back like fifteen thousand years, twenty thousand years, maybe in terms of global population.
1: Maybe but maybe the problem more. is it's not going to do it to just the country that you're at war
0: with. Exactly, um, which is uh, which is pretty wild. What what's next
1: nuclear i don't i don't think that it's a high likelihood because i was reading an article uh, about u.s foreign policy and our proposed responses in a scenario in which russia uses nuclear weapons and the the article was talking about how The likelihood that the United States gets directly involved in the Ukraine war goes from what's effectively zero right now, where like, yes, we're sending weapons to them, but we don't have any troops, we don't have anybody like actually firing rounds in Ukraine. The most that we're doing for Ukraine is we're giving them a whole bunch of nice weapons and we're providing them with intelligence, like Mm -hmm. satellite images and all that kind of stuff, but... The so like that's basically zero involvement from us directly. If Russia like uses nukes in Ukraine or somewhere else, we will get directly involved. Not only will we get directly involved, a lot of other countries will, too.
0: And well, but, in what way? And well, let me ask you, do you remember the, the title of the article or where it was?
1: Uh, it was on Slate.com. I can see if I can find it
0: okay so slate that we don't need it i'm just slate.com article just to attribute slate and and then how would the rest of the world get involved
1: well basically it would be the rest of the world primarily nato members saying like okay we're going to shut down all of russia's capabilities but we would not use nukes we would use conventional bombs and one so so you're thinking that we were high ground
0: you thinking that we would respond with conventional bombs. Mm-hmm. So they're going to bomb Ukraine or somewhere else. Then we're going to respond with conventional bombs. Yes. Okay, interesting. And, and, and then and they're going to respond, what, with with muskets?
1: No. It's like, what, where, the, why are you yeah, the downgrade? No, the, downgrade. I, the idea is that if Russia uses a nuke, we respond quickly with all sorts of conventional weapons and just take out as much of their command infrastructure so that way they're not able to launch any more nukes or- so yeah
0: i i was thinking about that and in, in theory that makes sense like you're afraid that you know push comes to shove shove comes to punch punch comes to fist fight fist fight turns to brawl turns to bar fight turns, turns to the bar to burn- fight yeah it turns to the bar burning down right but or so i buy that so they hit some was or somewhere else with a nuke we hit them with a bomb then we just can't come to peace terms effectively um i don't you know but
1: i'm not we, saying we would come uh, to peace i'm saying but, that like
0: but we knock them out we with our exacted precision take out their communication channels and their satellites and their you know different infrastructure electricity water um i don't i don't think that we have that level of precision And I think that, you know, our history in the Middle East would, you know, would show you that. I mean, to a degree, we just aren't as exacted as we would like to be. So I think the likeliness of of that happening is.
1: Well, I would disagree because, like, if you look at the first couple weeks of the war in Iraq, we basically took out all of their high level military capabilities almost immediately. What they were left with. Was a, a ground army. They didn't have much of it, they, they didn't really have a navy to begin with. And what air force they did have was completely disabled within the first week. So they were left with a ground based army, virtually no air defenses, and probably significantly hobbled communication infra- infrastructure. And so the reason why the war in Iraq went poorly long term was not because of our inability to hit precise targets of strategic importance it was because of the way that we expected things to happen versus the way that they actually happened and. The difficulty of being an occupying force with boots on the ground fighting fighting an insurgency and fighting a populace that doesn't really want you there, so when it like the resistance in iraq was more of sandpaper as opposed to a knife where it just slowly wore us down but never inflicted yeah, I, like major I, wounds
0: I, I follow you there i just i just don't think that we are as exacted when it comes to i mean you're saying we did it in iraq Russia is a much bigger place and
1: it, it's it's bigger know, by land But if you want to talk about, like, where all the important things are, like, you might have, you're going to have probably, like, missile silos in Siberia or something. But if you can cut off the way that they're communicated to, then they're not going to be able to do much. Um, Ilani Carvajal says, I hope you're right, because I've been reading about underwater nuclear weapons being tested by North Korea right now and the undetectable, uninterceptable missiles by Russia. So the whole thing is we need to get ahead like underwater nuclear weapons aren't really that big of a problem um like sure if you're in the area it's going to be annoying but like they're they're not as bad as <laughs> it's gonna
0: be like, annoying <laughs> well i mean the, the, so it's the whole japan thing that they did during world war ii where japan had all these submarines that were going to just appear around the united states around our, our you know, big cities in the U S and bomb the cities. And they were going to be so undetected until the last very moment. But for whatever reason, that didn't end up going off. We talked about that in the previous episode, I think.
1: Yeah. But also Japan didn't have nukes really. Well, okay.
0: So um, let's see. But- Let me ask you a question. So where, do, where do you think Russia would, so Russia going to be the first one to throw a nuclear bomb. Where do you, where do you think that would hit?
1: Somewhere in Eastern Ukraine.
0: But why would they bomb Ukraine? You think so? If the, if the U.S. got involved or some other European countries got involved in response to that, they would bomb Ukraine.
1: No, I'm saying yeah. Actually, yes, I am saying that.
0: I mean, I can because, see that as a possibility. I, I think what, that you what know, rather Russia's than bomb, try
1: and do is, the, Russia's trying has been trying to posture as they are in the right here, and so in order for them to maintain that narrative among the few allies that they have left they can't bomb anywhere but ukraine now if we were to try if if we or nato were to bomb targets within russia then they might expand and say okay fine we can throw nukes other places but
0: well i think that i think russia is willing to bomb many other countries you know russia is such a big place with a lot of nothingness Russia's going to throw their bombs at cities, I, I imagine, first. And we're going to throw bombs at places distant to Siberia. You know, oh. like, you know, that's, that's, that's how we work. Like, you, you're saying they're going to throw nukes, we're going to throw bombs, right? So so that's, you know, that's, that's why I think, my, you know, you, my, the question on the, the shared doc I have is, does Putin, does Putin fear death? Um,
1: the answer to that is no.
0: I I, I don't I, I think to a degree he does, but does he value legacy above that?
1: The, well, and, that's and why what does he's he think doing of, this
0: And what is, does he think his legacy is is that to get is to reassemble the USSR.
1: Yeah, th- that very much is the case where like when he was starting off his career, he was high up in the KGB when the USSR was kind of in its waning years, but he remembers that time fondly and wants to go back to it and so the whole invading ukraine thing is part of his twisted notion of what the ussr should be and what russia should be and so he's doing this for his legacy which is why he doesn't seem to care at all about any of the consequences that have happened in the last 10 well, that's,
0: months that's 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 is what it seems like and but You know, it also looks like just like with a lot of bullies, they're picking on the smaller people because they think they're that much stronger. When in reality, I'll tell you one thing about bullies. They 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 don't go to the gym. Right. And I I think I think he really overestimates their their nuclear abilities, even though nuclear ability in in any way, shape, or form is vastly deadly. But you know, I think he, he overestimates their technology and they're and they're forced to well so yeah
1: the, you're, you, you've you been seeing that really from day one which is the estimated capabilities of the russian army were nowhere near what the actual capabilities were because russia has such a deep problem with corruption that all the money that they were throwing at the military a good portion of that was just being skimmed and so when they said that they were putting money towards like retrofitting armor or buying new things or whatever a lot of times those contracts are like yeah we're gonna buy like we're supposed to build five tanks like we'll take four tanks that were broken down out back repaint them buy one new tank and then everybody gets to go on like vacation somewhere
0: you know i I mean that's how a lot of countries like that work
1: right but Um, which isn't a problem until you actually need to use all five of those tanks so
0: i want to i want to talk about Two, two more things I want to throw that Einstein quote in there one I want to talk about the other potential type of uh world war that could happen and I want to talk about how a world war with Russia th- lobbying the first nuke could play out on a world scale but first I want to I want to mention the and I I heard it attributed I read it in a bunch of different places attributed to Albert Einstein but in many cases it was, I believe this is an Albert Einstein quote, so that beats me. But the quote was, I don't know what weapons World War III will be fought with, but World War IV will be fought with sticks and stones.
1: Well, regardless of whether it was Einstein who said it or not, I agree.
0: Yeah, well, I mean, if World War III is as catastrophic as it could be, you know, right now I feel like we have this. You know, the Cold War could have been World War Three, and I think that people think we are centuries away from another World War, or at least decades. But then I was thinking, like World War One, and then World War Two, were not that far apart. Thirty years. And things, you know, thirty na- years. Less than thirty years. Things speed up, right? Like, like in time. Things start to happen faster and faster, just in the sense that you know, with technology, things information accelerates and travels at a faster speed. So, the world would be much more likely. News travels a lot faster to erupt into world war, yeah. But and recruit other is- countries than it happened back then. It wouldn't. It wouldn't take nine months to get seven countries involved. It could. It could take. Nine minutes. It could take nine minutes or nine days, right?
1: But my, I don't see, I think that there are a lot more forces working against a World War III right now because so many countries have a negative incentive for engaging in what, whatever shape World War III takes. There's a ton of countries that want no part of it.
0: Well, because but there's also a lot of about, countries like, that much, don't have much how, to lose. There are a lot of countries that don't have much to lose. Like, look at, I was thinking about...
1: What countries don't have much to lose?
0: Well, the, the uh, OPEC... Russia's one of them, but that's oh, it. Yeah, kind of, The OPEC region, for, for example, as we graduate into electric power and away from oil power, um, you know, those guys are going to lose their footing quite a bit.
1: You, you're already seeing economic pivots from, like, the big oil-producing countries. So
0: sure, but we will be much less dependent on them as a world in a OPEC, decade or you, two decades. Thing,
1: if I'm an oil producing country and like World War Three is not good for me, why? Because if World War Three really runs its course, there's not going to be a whole bunch of demand for oil.
0: Well, there, I, I, I don't necessarily agree with that. I think it could really stunt electrical, electric vehicle.
1: I'm saying there's uh, not going to be a lot of demand for electric vehicles either. There's not going to be that many people left.
0: Well, I mean you're if, not, you're if, not if have... it's a catastrophe on the world scale like it, like we're thinking it maybe could. Well, be. that's
1: what I'm saying is that like if you're if you're an oil producing country, say you're Qatar, you don't want World War 3. Like you'll make some money in the short term by selling oil to all the countries that need to power their ships and stuff, but at the end of the day, at the end of the war, you're going to have a lot less customers.
0: Well, I'm thinking that they're they're they want to they want a longer duration of the world being dependent on oil. And well, then they can do that in a much simpler way. Well, maybe maybe.
1: Here's how uh, you do it: cut production.
0: Well, and that's what they, that's what they're doing.
1: And you don't start any wars over that. People will get pissed that their their gas costs more. But if you want to just extend the life of people being dependent on oil cut production and drive prices up and that like in some in in some ways that'll incentivize people moving away from like fossil fuels entirely but at the same time you know that you only have so much oil in the ground beneath your nation so the faster you sell it the faster you run out so cut production like what countries out there really have nothing to lose you got north korea and you got russia who else well
0: well let let me let me ask you a question when when that first bomb gets lobbed, that first nuclear bomb gets lobbed by Russia. Who's the first country to bomb Russia in retaliation with a nuclear weapon?
1: I don't think anyone uses a nuke.
0: I think that it would be very highly probable that that would have, that a nu- nu- nuclear weapon would head towards Russia. Um, but
1: well, if it's going to be if there's if a but but being, look, the thing is, I'm thinking shot towards Russia, it's going to have an American flag painted
0: on it. But I have a have a thought that, you know, in the uh, Eastern Europe and Russia, you know, if that area is in conflict, it's bad for for Western Europe, and any of the countries around Russia. So I feel like the majority of the European Union is going to want to band together against Russia, right? they already and then, much have. And they already have. Yeah, fair enough. And then you have who else is who else is with them? The US, Canada, um Australia, you know, who else New is going to fall New like, Zealand. Like a whole bunch of like western first. Okay. Now but China probably not, right? China probably not. Maybe not China even Japan. Wants to stay out of this entirely. They do. Yeah, they do. But uh you know, maybe Japan would be in our camp. Uh,
1: Japan's absolutely in our camp because Japan depends on us for for protection, specifically from China.
0: Most specifically from China, but but look, but look, China is on—they're on top of China, right? So we can only protect them so much. But but are we then going to be fighting Russia on one side and China on the other side? You know, it's not so so. We we may lose Japan
1: if Russia decides to shoot nukes. It's like China's China's going to try and stay out of this entirely because if China can just sit back and let the West versus Russia happen, then China's going to be in a really good position to, one, have their military emerge unscathed. Yeah. Two, they can produce a whole bunch of shit for both sides. Three, once Russia loses, which they will, that's going to be an opportunity for Chinese companies that are geographically close to just move in and take over a whole bunch of cheap assets.
0: So now let me ask you this: What about Africa and India?
1: India is playing a similar role to China, and Africa is probably saying, "We've got our own problems, man."
0: I I think, I think there's very little involvement from from both of those countries.
1: I, I, that's what I'm saying. Uh, yeah,
0: and they're and they're isolated enough. But you know, then you look at like Australia. But I I just think India India is. You know, being part of Asia is is, is going to really be keeping their cards close to their chest. Australia and India,
1: despite both being former British con- colonies, have very little in common.
0: Mm. But what I'm saying is they're not part of the fight. But, uh, Australia would know, be part of the fight. Uh, Australia would would be on our side. India would not be on our side. That's why I say keeping their cards close to their chest. India's uh, going to play
1: the same game that China does, which is we want to stay out of this, keep our army and our manufacturing sectors intact, make a little bit of money on this on the side if we can, and then swoop in and kind of pick pick whatever carry and we can from Russia. And if we can get some cheap, like some cheap formally state-owned assets that are now an Indian company or a Chinese company, then we just came out on top and we didn't have to do anything.
0: Um. Uh, I think we just got dropped off of Zoom which is not good. Oh no. Uh, we
1: probably just we, we're right around an hour now.
0: Yeah. Well, um
1: we should say hi to Todd Vaught if he if he's still listening to us. Uh All
0: right. Well, look, I still I still got uh I still got Zoom open on my my computer. One last thing that I want to add is and this is we could really expand on this quite a bit but my thought that it may not be country against country okay it could be ideology against ideology within countries and and that war could be perpetuated within different countries sown by misinformation or meddling with elections and
1: Well, real quick, April Alvarez
0: on a worldwide scale.
1: April Alvarez says China's been flooding money into Africa preparing for this. Well, that's that's true. They're not really preparing for World War Three. What China's been doing is been using like government level loans to be able to get economic footholds in Africa and kind of gambling on the the premise that even if those loans aren't repaid, the the clauses in those loans lead to them being able to take over valuable areas in infrastructure and trade and be able to just kind of... They're, they're basically buying their way into Africa via loans and playing a long-term economic strategy there. I don't think it's really militarily focused.
0: We're, we're at a time. So I'd love to talk more about war world war within nations but we got about 10 seconds left so this is the final episode season three thank you guys for joining us don't forget to subscribe and we'll see you guys next time adios cheers all right this is the final end of the final episode of season three we'll see you guys next season in the meantime make sure you subscribe to this podcast on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and YouTube so you catch season four. We'll see you then.
1: I like PBR. I just got priced out of it.